Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you once again for tuning in to another edition of the Football Forecast. Here, a presentation from State Champs. My name is Lauren Plant, Scott Bernstein, Matt Mowry, Sean Belizean here. The gang's all here. First off, I appreciate you guys uh, holding the fort on Monday for extra points, so uh, good job on that. And uh, we're ready to get into week seven, you know? Just a couple days we're, later, we're, we're ready to go right into it. We're in the stretch run. That's right. Official, last quarter of the season. Crazy. Last third of the season, sorry. And, uh, you know, it, you know, we can see the playoffs. We can yes. smell the Thanks, are, Thanksgiving meal yes. starting to cook. And, and people uh, matriculating into Ford Field from all around the state for that state, for that special weekend, uh, uh, that state finals weekend. And uh, it, it's, all, uh, it's all upon us. It's all on the horizon. And that's an exciting time of the year. No doubt. A ton of teams already punched their ticket. They're in. A ton more will punch in this week. Uh, and a ton more will also be officially eliminated this week as well. We're going to see a lot of that. Uh, that's kind of what week seven is in high school football. So uh, we're going to get into it. Uh, the forecast is sponsored by Lawrence Technological. University. Uh, this they as a football team are traveling to North Dakota. They will take on Trinity Bible. It's like a, it's like a thousand miles. Yeah, like nine hundred eighty miles. It's, it's or something. Two thousand round trip. Yes, okay, yeah, exactly. I read so, that. Yeah, it's like a sixteen-hour bus ride. Those guys cool. are going to be on. So, uh, and if you're ever interested in. Uh, and knowing more about Lawrence Tech football, what's happening? We do. I do a podcast with Coach Duvendeck. You could check out. It's Tuesday nights. It's uh, up on all our channels as well as LTU Athletics, and uh, you could check that out. Of course, their games stream live. So if you're ever interested in seeing what LTU football is about, there, you know, they set a record again against Eastern Michigan last week. Granted, it's a club team, but 65 nothing uh, was the win there. Uh, they would be statistically number one in the entire nation in NIA and football in defense. Uh, as uh, they've given up just a ridiculous uh, few amount of points back-to-back shutouts. So uh, Trinity Bible's a real team, uh, and they were a team that had got kind of blown out early, and then they've won their last two against uh, you know some NAIA competition. So we'll see what happens with that. That is what's happening. And this year for for the Blue Devils. It's a reboot. It's really just uh, laying the foundation and getting used to running a football program and and going through uh, all the um, protocol that you need to to get a football program up and running. And really, you couldn't have scripted it any better. I mean, I know they're playing – yeah, uh, club teams, but yeah. you know they're they're, they're mopping, playing they're you mopping, and me. They're, but they're mopping <laughs> the floor with them. They're doing, yes, they're, I know. They're yes, doing what exactly. they're supposed to do. Yes, no they're doubt about to it. Win sixty-five. Yeah, I mean, goals. you know, again, for a coaching staff to inherit a team of all freshmen, and that's what you're putting out there. You know, you got to get that thing to work. And so far, they've dominated like nobody's business. So, uh, the MHSA and Hungry Howie's also sponsors of this podcast. Uh, thank you to them. Uh, games on State Champs TV this week, and I want you guys to understand that uh, our mission at State Champs is always to be interactive. So we we uh, get emails from viewers, we uh, meet people out at games, and uh, we also those don't want to always just cover the the biggest games that some would consider in the state. We want to kind of get around and get everybody their chance to be on TV uh, if we can and try to find some decent matchups at the same time. So that's kind of our motto and what we do every week. Now, granted, when we get into the playoffs, we tend to kind of lean more towards the the bigger, bigger matchups. Um, but uh, we always try to find at least a mix of having that. So um, one of the things that uh, we've got going on this week is, uh, and I saw this one, and this just was a game that I wanted us to, to cover because we haven't seen Marine City yet on TV uh, this year, and uh, they are five and one going to St. Clair, uh, and they're four and two. Uh, interesting thing I, I noticed is that uh, the Saints and Marine City, uh, at least on the Saints side, have played more than any other opponent. 
So th- this, these two have played each other for the longest times. 43-20-4 is the record. Uh, Marine City with the advantage in that. So these are two teams that get together every year. This basically. is a pretty good Mariners team, too. Yeah. I mean, the record speaks for itself. And I mean, their only loss was a close loss to, you know, a, a pretty darn good Madison Heights team. Points. So, yeah, yeah this, is, this, is, this is a pretty good Mariners team. And uh, the Saints have an explosive offense. This is an intriguing matchup. This is, this is one of those matchups that... I'm going to be keeping an eye on personally. You know, you're talking about the uh, St. Clair offense. You know, it's it's going to be on the shoulders of guys like Mason Walker and that Marine City defense. Uh, you know, to stem the tide there with with that momentum that St. Clair's got on the offensive side of the football. And then uh, I think it's uh, Aaron Sopfi or Sopfi, uh, the running back for for Marine City, who kind of paces. Uh, that offense on the other side of the ball, uh, he ran for like a, a buck twenty-five and three touchdowns. I, I believe uh, either last week or two weeks ago, and you know he's a he's a game breaker of a running back. So yeah, St. Clair also lost to Madison. They had a loss uh, in the beginning of the of the year to cross Lexington, twenty-seven uh, twenty-one. Um, but uh, they are a team uh, that has not beat Marine City since twenty thirteen. So you know that automatically is going to bring the people out, uh, and that is one of the reasons that we went there. Angelo Petsalis for Marine City. Is a kid last week that uh, rushed for 70 yards, had three touchdowns. Uh, he also returned a punt, 84 yards uh, for them. They beat Clawson 28-8. And Clawson's always a team that is going to put up points more than anything. So they held them to eight. So wait, who was the back that did that last year, last week? Angelo Petsalis. Okay, so then I guess him and Sapfi both are uh, you know kind of a, a nice little one-two there for, for Marine City. Yes, exactly. And so... Um, so, yeah, uh, again, the main reason is Marine City is one of these teams that traditionally every year is is making long runs deep into the playoffs. We wanted to make sure we got out and saw the Mariners. It's kind of a little difficult to always get out to Marine City to see them. St. Clair's a little closer. This seemed like a good matchup. And, uh, you know, and again, uh, a good opportunity for them right now to ink themselves in the playoffs. And when it comes to Division Four, you always got to deal with Marine City. Yeah. Mar- Marine City seems to have a, a group of running backs. I think in addition to those two, they got another three or four that all touch the ball. So uh, it's you know spreading the wealth around yeah. in, in the rushing uh, rushing department. Over the past 20 years, Marine City has made the playoffs every year, That's except for 2016. That's they, the only year they haven't made. They've had Since 1990, they've had double-digit wins in 15 seasons. I mean, that's, that's a pretty... When, when you get 10-plus wins, you've done... A lot of good things. Yeah, and, and, and it would be nice to see St. Clair if they can kind of break that little playoff drought they've had since 2014. Yeah, if they can, yeah, if they, if they can be either Marine City or South Lake next week, then they've got a winless New Haven squad in Week 9, so it's probably a pretty good chance that you can get that win number 6 if you can get one of the next two. So they've got still pretty good odds of, of making it in. Well, again, I don't think they'll get in at 5-4, and four. Uh, so yeah. they're going to have to get 6 wins to get in. And, yeah. and, of course, if they could do that in, in, by beating Marine City. So uh, a lot on the line for them, and again, uh, good 5-1, and 4-2 and two matchup. Uh, number 9, Warren De La Salle is going to number 20, Davison. Uh, this was definitely one that you may not have circled on the calendar at the beginning of the season uh, but after week one you definitely said we're going to keep an eye on this matchup later in the year. It's kind of a nice deviation for De La Salle too to get away from the Catholic League Central. They got Catholic Central next week in Detroit Catholic Central uh, but this is the first meeting between these two schools and I thought that was interesting. Well these are kind of the inter- intersectional matchups a little bit of intersectional that you get in week one or week two when everybody's you know doing the non-conference right. stuff and this is kind of fun to have this in the middle of the season because it really didn't mean anything and both both teams are you know, solidly headed toward the playoffs. So really, it's not 
you know, imperative that either team get a win to get in. Yeah. So this is just for fun. Right. Well, we know Davison can score. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Almost 250 points total this year. 40 uh, points a game. Yep. Right. I was I was surprised to see that uh, De La Salle, who had been dominating so much defensively, they'd only given up 40, 14 points over their previous four games, that they gave up 20 to Jesuit. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, even though they scored – 41 uh, and one handily, they still gave up 20 points in that one. So that tells me that, uh, you know, I'm sure at least for, for Davison, they're going to be saying we, we, we might just win a shootout if that's how it's going to go down. Well, it's uh, still just two, two times that they've given up more than seven points in a right. game. So, yeah, it's still still pretty stout. But, yeah, that number did stick out. Yeah. I know Allen's going to talk about this player, but I, I can tell you on a personal level, I've had a chance to see a few of his games and, and call a few of his games. That DeBerry is, is, is a Darn good running. Yeah, back. I don't think there's enough being talked he's about. Kind of a, he's kind of a he's kind of a slot back, and yeah. he's being yeah. projected at the next level as a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, he can do anything. And he, we, can, he can do it all. And now yeah. he's playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's catching the ball. He's rushing right. the ball. Um, obviously, he's doing what he does as a lockdown corner. But then we, I think we spoke about it um, a couple weeks ago, and 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 it's paying off. His patience in the recruiting game. He's not just jumping at the first couple offers that he gets, and then all of a sudden last week um, the ACC comes in and, and Wake Forest offers him. So and I really think that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg. I, I do think too. by the time we hit signing day, he's going to have a, a a handful of of power conference offers to uh, decide between because he's a he's a power conference player. His huddle film just from this season is going to be turning eyes, no doubt about it, because he's making big, big, long ball plays against good teams in, in all in all types of yeah. situations. Sometimes exactly. you just got to wait yes. it out, yep. and just because you're not like we've said this again, we've said this before, just because you're not getting those offers at 15, 16, like Garrett. Uh, Dellinger yeah. and Rocco Spindler, who by the time yeah. the, they're turning right. uh, 16, they already right. have Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Right. That, that doesn't mean they're not coming. We made the comparison to Grant Perry earlier yeah. in the, sh- in the uh, season here on and the they, podcast. And and they got a kid right now also that I've been kind of tracking, talking to Alan True uh, and some other people. I think his name is Grant Totant, and he's a lineman, a big guy, about 6'5", mm-hmm. 6'6", 275, and he's just... I think he's a senior, and he's just starting to land on the radar of some Division One programs. I know that uh, Central and Western have started to sniff around him. So I know he's a guy, another kind of slow burn uh, on his recruiting profile to, to keep an eye on going forward. And in the last couple of weeks, Barry's had to do it with a new quarterback because obviously yeah, Anthony Stepnitz got hurt. So uh, Nolan Schultz has stepped in and has been doing pretty well for them. I mean, he's not going to put up Cannon Hall numbers. Nobody's going to put up Cannon Hall numbers except Cannon Hall, but that's not really what they need him to do. No. He just needs to be kind of steady and he's, you know, he's had about 50 yards passing, which is not, you know, incredible, but he's run for I think three touchdowns in 2 weeks. So, he's just kind of filling in that role of field general more than anything. I would say if there's anything that defines Mike Giannone's profile, it's next man up in everything he does. Always deep. His teams are always going to be well-disciplined, and I'm sure he was not happy giving up 20 points to Jesuit last week, and uh, he felt that that is something he knows they cannot do because Davison will score. Yep. So, And again, if you're not firing on all cylinders offensively, then let's move on. Uh, Millington and Frankenmuth are getting together a TVC East Division game. Uh, This uh, is... Um, again, another game that you'll be able to uh, see on State Champs. This will be in our Flint package. Uh, both teams 5-1. and one. This, you talk about uh, Davison and De La Salle never played before. These two play a lot. And, uh, and it's not, if, if you, if you kind of live out, out that way, it's not a, a friendly rivalry. These two like getting after it and like beating each other. Uh, and, um, you know, Frankenmuth uh, being at home is uh, 
to their advantage. They've won the last three times. These two have got together, and Frankenmuth really just over the past couple of years has really just kind of put themselves on the map as a team that is expected to go far in the playoffs. Six, five and eleven since twenty twelve. Yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and over the same span, you know, Millington's sixty one and fourteen. Yeah. So I mean, oh, these yeah. are two programs that consistently are at the top. I, I think going into the season with Frankenmuth, especially you know, having made the two long runs to the semis over the last couple of years, yep. the thing that they were worried about was that offensive line where they graduated everybody, mm-hmm. and they've kind of had to replenish that really their only losses to a swan valley team that beats up a lot of people yeah yeah and and has that physical presence both offensively and defensively and will take advantage i mean alma same thing happened to them last week where they were a little undersized swan Swan valley is the pride of that area in saginaw right now for football Mm -hmm. in an an area that over the years has been pretty rich in talent it's now kind of saginaw swan valley's time to to, to be the big dog on the mountain true it's true yep and uh Millington's only losses to an Ohio team that's pretty decent. Yeah, so, Sylvania yeah, Southview yeah, to yeah. open the year. So yeah. they've won five in a row. Yeah, both both teams are really kind of on a roll at this point because I think Frank and Moose lost to Swan Valley was week two. So right. they both, you know, kind of settled everything down and kind of – Millington's road to get into the playoffs. If they don't win this one, they've got Alma next week and then Warren Michigan Collegiate just to round out the season. So – they're wanting to get that extra, that one game yeah. to guarantee them getting in. It's going to be a hard road over the next three weeks. But. Well, what intrigues about this one, five-game winning streak, four-game winning streak, both offenses are rolling. And that's one of those cool places to see a game, too. I don't know if you guys oh. have had a chance to go. Frankenmuth's a pretty cool place to see right. a game Get a there. chicken dinner. North, go, north go, of I town, try, and then you go, go right one, back into town. Once yeah. a year yeah. and uh, cool you know, game. hit, hit the, uh, the, the the fried chicken, yeah. mashed potato uh, sure. circuit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great little town, and it's like a Especially this time of year, oh. man. It's, it's, a thro- it's, it's October. A th- it's a throwback, man. It's like you feel like you're kind of That's transported right. to a different era. No doubt. No and, doubt. And, you know, they got a, a really nice quarterback in Connor Campbell. Um, again, one of these kids that can, you know, beat you with his uh, arm, beat you with his legs. And then I know that Alec Igala has been uh, rushing uh, rushing the ball uh, with a lot of um, consistency uh, for that Frankenmuth offense. Both teams can score a lot. Uh, Frankenmuth scored the most points they had all season last week in beating Essexville Garber 56 to 18. Uh, Millington hasn't scored less than 34 in any game this season, and several of them have been more than that. So uh, that is going to be a matchup to watch, and you could watch it on State Champs. All right, another game that we're going to have is another team that has been very intriguing this year, and that is number 25 now, South Lion, who is 6 and 0 on the year. At Waterford, out of four and two and reeling out of nowhere, South Lion came in and and said, "I know that n- nobody's been thinking about us as a as a contender for a league title in a while, but uh, guess what? We're here. We you know we're here to stay. We're learning from that one and eight finish last year. Um, we're building under Coach uh, uh, Jeff Henson and and just a tremendous job by that South Lion coaching staff and those players." Um, to, to be 6-0 right now. And like you said, going into water for Mott right now, a team that um, is is struggling, is, has kind of lost its moxie. They lost 37-6 to South Lion yeah. East. Yeah, and the, the, the no week, the week before that, that they, they had trouble with Kettering, a team they should not have had trouble with. Western I know. put 52 on And then them. the week before that, they got uh, waxed by Wild Lake Western. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, uh, it's gut check time. For uh for Water Vermont and, and and Chris Farr's troops, um they're they're a team that takes a lot of pride in in, in bringing that high quality of football uh, to Waterford that was really missing high quality football for quite a bit oh, wow. um, until uh, Farr came in and, and has made 
Mott the contender that it is, uh, but they got some issues, and you know, and, and some of those issues, frankly, is heart because there's there's losing football games, and there's no shame in losing football games, sure. and then there's getting toasted, scorched by Wildlife Western, a, a team that is your main rival. All due respect to Kettering, and then Southline the be- Kettering is the beef bowl. Yes, they've got that. They do every year. Um, yeah. and 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 Mott had to pull away in the in the third and fourth quarter for yeah. for that. Yeah, and uh, and then last week uh, to lose like that to South Lion East, which is good this year. We, we well, South Lion East yeah, is really yeah, they're, good. They're, they're in good. second place in the league. Right. They've and just, they're doing it with defense, which yeah. is part of the problem. They turned over yeah. Mott quite a bit. Like yeah, but yeah. Uh, this but this is right. this this game really. Um, this is and huge. this this isn't taking anything away from South Lion, who's who's tracking towards a league title right now. Yes, but this is a do or die game for do Waterford. Or yeah. Do or yeah. die at home. This is the season right now. Right now, what, whatever's going to happen going forward will be dictated by what happens. No on Friday night. If they pull out some some win, however they do it, then all of a sudden their confidence level, everything is right back here. We are boys. Let's go. And that's well, the opposite. That goes back to what you were saying about South Line. I mean, here's a team. It's It's been a series of steps. It was, okay, we're going to take our lumps, and then we're going to find a way to win close ones. Because yeah. if you look at it, I mean, they found a way to yeah. win some close ones, and it's built to a crescendo. So they're a dangerous team right now. Very. And a win by Mott, okay, This is, you want to talk about parity. A win by Mott would likely leave the conference with three, <laughs> three two-loss teams and two one-loss teams in conference. Going into week eight when South Lion takes on and, West. And this is great. So, yeah, it's, this is anything great. can happen at this point, and nothing's over. Nope. The reason I think it's great is because someone who, Oakland County is my bread and butter. Yep. But it, whether we're talking about the LVC, which has just popped up this last two years, yep. or the KLA North, which all these teams were in for at least seven, eight, nine years before yep. that, yep. there was really – no true competition in that league race. It was Wall Lake Western. Sometimes you had a team like Mott pop their head up. And Brighton. It, it, they, they, Brighton wasn't playing those guys in, in league play. That was more crossover stuff. Got it. But they the, weren't in that The Wall Lake Northern, Wall Lake Central. KLA division, yeah, right? uh, uh, Western Central, yeah, Northern, yeah. the South, South Lions, Lions yeah. the, uh, the, 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 the Waterfords. And, yeah. and, it, and it really was, uh, you know, the, it was like what the Big Ten used to be yeah. uh, in the Bo Woody era, where it was the, the, the Big Two and the Little Ten, yeah, or Little, yeah. sorry, Big Two and the Little Eight. Yeah, yeah. And now to see a league that is just really prospering and, and has so many clubs in the mix with three weeks to play for the league title, I mean, it's a, it's a real, yeah. it's a, it's, it's a crapshoot right now. And it's now. a testament, too, to the area and how it's yeah. grown there. I mean, that whole, the whole South Lion area has, has blown up. Uh, the Waterford area continues to uh, replenish and refurbish, and uh, yeah. So I mean, the population go there, p- kids go there, kids who play sports and parents with money and all of that, and, and there they are. So we're gonna move on. Uh, Detroit Public. This is a game that was a viewer email game. I do want to say this right off the bat. In fact, it's the game that I'm gonna be filming myself. Mm. Uh, but uh, we got an email from a guy named Rob, and uh, I like reading the emails on the show because they're fun. And this wasn't that that it was all that super passionate about, but. Uh, you know, he asked, hey, I was wondering how games are chosen to be featured on the show. Well, the answer is you go to contact us at statechampsnetwork.com and you email us and we entertain it. He said Lutheran High Westland is a big homecoming game on October 5th against Detroit Public Safety Academy. These are two smaller schools that do not get really any pub whatsoever. Uh, they're also in the top three of the Michigan Independent Athletic Conference, the MIAC as it's known. So it's a pretty important league game for both teams. This is a request for coverage. Your coverage will generate a lot of buzz for the schools. The State Champs Sunday show will get new eyeballs and social media shares. We love the show. 
Rob. And, and to let uh, the, the people know, because I had to ask a couple years ago <laughs> when I started seeing the, the uh, Detroit Public Safety yes. athletic teams out and about, yes. I said, what exactly is Detroit Public Safety? And they said, it's a school for kids that want to become police officers mm-hmm. and go into law enforcement. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of pretty cool that you yeah. can kind of, you know, foresee that for your education and for what for your career path when you're 14, 15 and get, get into a high school that's going to start preparing you for what you're going to do when you're in your 20s. It's a brilliant obviously idea yeah. for for a high school and there are a lot of kids that again, you don't have to have some, you know, extreme education to do that. It's, you know, here it is. We're going to focus it. We're going to focus on things to get you ready for, you know, the next level whether that's the academy or whatever it is. And um, yeah, and here they are, five and one on the season. Did Rob give you names to look for? He did not give me Shundine names. So Bridges. I, would, I figured Here's you guys. Shundine, Shundine Bridges. Bridges. How about Devonte Webb? Okay. Devonte yeah. Webb returned upon ninety-five yards for a touchdown, and one of his two interceptions for a touchdown in a fourteen-six win for uh, Detroit Public Safety last week right. over uh, Lutheran Northwest. A week earlier, returned two punts for touchdowns. So, kid is a, kid is. Clearly got some uh, moves in the open field. Yeah, Bridges, and Bridges, sure, Bridges has been sure throwing. Sure. Bridges has been thrown for receiver. over 300 yards a couple times. Uh, at least uh, I've, I've seen when I did a little research before this that uh, a number of occasions, at least I think two or three occasions, he was over 300 this year. And anytime you got a, a guy in the pocket with an arm like that and you got a return guy and a receiver like Webb. Warriors fans have got to be a little fired up because this was a team that maybe their season was on the brink, losing their first couple, and, and now they caught fire. They won... Three out of their last four, so have a great time out there, Lauren. That's a, oh. that's a, that's going to be an outstanding matchup. I definitely will, and uh, yeah, I always have a good time. Uh, actually, Lutheran Westside's great baseball program yeah. for mm-hmm. those. And who, I was a Ma- I know. was a Mayak guy. I grew up playing okay. in Mayak, and so I uh, it was before Detroit Public Safety was in it. Right. Yeah. But I had, you know, had traveled to Lutheran Westland on a number yeah. of occasions in my youth. Yes, to exactly. Play basketball and baseball. Yeah, the Mayak not football. The Mayak now consists of Mount Clemens. Parkway Christian out of Sterling Heights, Oakland Christian, uh, Southfield Christian. This, this is there was football. no football league, Mayak, when right. I was in high school. Lutheran no, Northwest. Football league and took, took form like in the, the last 10 years. The uh, famous Dearborn Heights Star International. Which, which used to be Fairlane Christian. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think several of those teams that are playing Mayak schedules this year are not eligible for the league title. I don't think uh, Detroit Public Safety is. Okay. I think Dearborn, I think Mount Clemens and hmm. Star Academy are not as well. So. Okay. Basically, yeah, this is one where if Lutheran Westland wants to get in to the race, they have a chance. Yeah. You know, even though they're a game behind the two leaders and, and Parkway Christian, I believe, is undefeated. So, Well, the thing is, at least the only league loss they have was Parkway Christian. Yeah. And uh, the other two were Edison and Hammity, Flint Hammity, no joke. They're, they're the league for is real actually, this year. Even so. though the league's only been around for 10 years or so, yeah. it actually has produced an NFL player, yeah. Zerlon Tipton. Mm. Yes, exactly. sadly passed away From uh, Parkway a Christian. year or two ago. I but, know. You know, played for the Indianapolis Colts and had a great career. Uh, was it Central? Yeah, I did a great uh, feature on him on State Champs his senior year. He was uh, voted one of our student athlete of the week. Great basketball and, uh, player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think... Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. If you want to check that out, you can Google it on the uh, State Champs archive. That's and, one where you uh, see a kid out. from a you know a small school like that on the recruiting list, and you go, "Oh, that's nice for him. Yeah. He'll you know get a uniform." And he was good. He, yeah, he was yeah, fast he was good, too. Yeah, he's strong. Yep. Yep. Strong kid. All right, let's move on. Our main event this week, and again, this is another one that was a viewer email request we had a couple weeks. Well ago. deserving. Yeah. Clash oh, of undefeated. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, now they weren't both at the time. They were four. They were four and zero at the time. Uh, but uh, her name is Nakia Scott, so I'm giving her a shout-out. 
She wanted us to come see Robichaud. She's right. got a very uh, big interest in the freshman quarterback, David Williams. Williams. And uh, uh, she says that head coach Donnie Scott has done a tremendous job for those kids over there. And, you know, Robichaud, that's where Tyrone Wheatley went. Yeah, that's Tyrone that's Wheatley what, high. you know, and uh, what's good about Robichaud is, you know, it's basically Inkster, if you've ever been there. And Inkster's closed. So Robichaud's really the only game in town over there as far as public schools. And um, this... Uh, is a great story that they're 6-0. and Maybe what's even better is that for the first time in more than a decade, Crestwood, yeah, Crestwood is 6-0. And, yeah. and Crestwood hasn't made the playoffs since 05. So. Right. And uh, they just beat uh, their other uh, city rival, Annapolis, Annapolis 35-6. They are and pounding as of late. Crestwood, Crestwood is, 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 again, one of those crescendo things. They've been pounding as of late. This is great. I mean, yeah, this is going to be a uh, fun, that fun that area to have two 6-0 teams? Are yeah, you kidding me? Absolutely. Well, and like we were talking about with the Lakes Valley, when they pulled away from the KLA and formed their own, and it got them parity. Yeah, the WeWAC. Uh, yeah, the WeWAC with, with the teams that left and went to the KLA yes. to fill out the East with Dearborn and, and Fordson and Belleville. They kind of just consolidated, I think, uh, I think um, Edsel Ford went to the Down River League. But other than that, they just kind of consolidated everybody else into one big division. and. Um, It'll be interesting going from from here because you you mentioned David Williams. He's blown up this year, and we've had a couple of emails about him, and yeah. kind of wanted to get down and, and see him myself. But I think he's got fourteen hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns already. And one of those games they played, they didn't play right. because Clarenceville forfeited, right. and it looks like Clarenceville is going to end up forfeiting out the season. Mm. So that's going to be a I dynamic know. in the league race too, because yeah. um, Tim Crestwood will get that next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't Crestwood. think we could ever name one Crestwood athlete. <laughs> I was trying to jog my mind. Uh, oh, kicker, uh, Which played one? for the Kansas City Chiefs. Stoyanovic? Yeah. yeah. He went to Crestwood. I know he's from Dearborn. Yeah, he okay. Went to mm. Nice. Well yep. Ask and you shall receive, Kevin Trzinski. <laughs> and I believe Stoyanovic went to Indiana as well. Mm-hmm. He went to uh, yep. my my yep. alma Stoyakovic. Stoyanovic. His little brother Pete? went to state. Pete? Yeah. Yep. There's two of them. Pete and Billy. Yeah. Pete? Okay. Pete and Billy. All right. All right. Yep. Wow. All right. Well, sorry. Please continue, Matt. <laughs> I was just going to say the interesting dynamic in the league race is that Clarenceville was the next up for Crestwood. Right. So Crestwood basically is going to get another win. So. Yeah, the winner clinches at least yeah. a share of the championship. Uh, Crestwood is only this. This is only their fourth winning season in the past thirteen years, uh, and so great story. Dearborn Heights. It's a great area. Mm-hmm. Um, great restaurants out there. Best and, burger uh, in Michigan, Miller's Bar. Yeah, if you've never been there, I've please been there. go. I have been there, and I, I know, and, uh, I you got, you there. got your red coat uh, loyalist. Yeah, yeah. But uh, around here in Oakland County, but. For my money, best burger in the it's state of Michigan. Stuff. It is good. It's Miller's Bar. No, yeah. no, right no, no, Michigan like, Avenue. Yeah, no menu. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. no checks. You just go up and it's all in the honor system. Yeah, for sure. You, I went in there the first time when I was like eight or nine years old with my dad, and I was like, "Where's the menu?" And my dad's like, "There isn't a menu. You right. only come here to order one thing, uh-huh. and it's a hamburger or a cheeseburger." I should meet John there early before we, sh- and then I can go to Westland because it's not yeah. too far from there, and then uh, we can have a, a burger before yep. I should do that. Maybe we'll shoot our stand-up into the thing at Miller's Bar. That would be Whenever I go cover games fun. in Dearborn, believe me, I'm going to Miller's yeah. afterwards. All right, so uh, that is the main event. Uh, you have you can look forward to seeing all those games we just talked about on State Champs, Sunday, 9 a.m., Fox Sports Detroit. We will have also a selected Grand Rapids game uh, that we're kind of choosing their 
issue a few, and we're going to pick whatever we feel is the best one. Um, but we do have some other games of interest around the state that we can talk about. And you know, credit Mallory sends me a list of a whole bunch. So you like thirty-seven? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just kind of randomly kind of try to periodically unparalleled diligence reach ourselves around the state so that we're talking about areas maybe we don't necessarily talk about and teams that don't get an opportunity so much to talk about on this show because what we invariably do is on the forecast we talk about a game that's going to come up and then an extra point we talk about about the game that was played so those schools get double love and um i just think it's a fun way to do it and uh one of the big ones and maybe it's not as Big as we thought it would be a few weeks ago because of how Oxford was playing at the time. Um, but nevertheless, uh, Oxford is 4-2, and two, going to our number 5 team in the state, Clarkston, who is 6-0. Their win streak has reached 13 games and, um, you know, a 16th straight playoff berth, right? Is that what they're going for now? Uh, and so, you know, again, one of those Oakland County kind of brouhaha's and we'll see if well, the Wildcats can hang. You wouldn't have thought at the beginning of the season that this would be a game that you would uh, be looking forward right. to or thinking could be competitive. Unless um, you own yellow pants. Right, unless but you But they are, have some good wins. Unless you are a relative of Bud Rowley, but right. you know, they're one of my big surprises. They have Absolutely. some good wins um, this season. They're, they're, they're most likely going to make the playoffs yep. and could really play a spoiler in this league they race. They could get in at 5-4 and four for sure oh, yeah. if that's how they finish. They played West Bloomfield tough. They uh, thrashed Southfield uh, yep. A&T. And hey, Romeo. Yeah, they beat Romeo to start the season. Yeah, yeah that's a, the only team that's beaten Romeo. Yeah, no one right? else has. Yeah. Yep. They had a big bounce back last week too, because yeah, you know I'm sure the lost questions Adams. happened. Yeah, they they lost, again, they lost Adams, Adams and what in. was it? They they, they pounded uh, Stony Creek, Stony yeah. Creek last yeah, week. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's a yeah. good bounce back. But I mean, Clarkson, talk about a team getting on a roll. Oh, I mean, they're just pounding people now. It, it's kind of that unfair thing. And at home too, they're just, just a juggernaut. I'm, I, you know, and Jake Jensen's starting to come into his own as the quarterback. Really starting to have confidence back in the pocket. Last year, they did all that damage, won a state title, really without any presence yeah. under center. Yes. Um, it was all defense yes. and kind of smoke and mirrors and on will. offense. Pure will. Yeah. But uh, Jensen has come in, and he's got a bevy of receivers yeah. um, to, to throw the ball to. Joey Steegers is one of his favorites. Um, and then, obviously, you got the the two-headed monster in the the two Jakes, Hanstetter and uh, Billette, who are, you know, for yeah. bang for your buck, yeah, yeah. you don't have a better one-two punch in no. the state, and you that's don't. all due respect to Mangum and Nel- sure. Nichols mm-hmm. at, yep, at yep. Cass Tech and, yep. a, and a slew of other great uh, uh, tailback tandems. And then the defense is playing great. Uh, we've talked about Dellinger and 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 Spindler, but a guy I want to shout out, or a couple seniors I want to uh, shout out, yeah. Brendan Barker, linebacker, who's just been Johnny on the spot and a, and a number of uh, big plays this year, and then uh, 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 Javier Suggs up front. Mm. And, and the weird thing is. For as much as we know that Clarkston has dominated in the playoffs and has dominated, you know, really the discussion in Division One over the last five years, they have a chance to win their first outright division title since 2014. Wow. And you go, that's, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, because last year they were tied for third, and Adams and West Bloomfield shared it. Um, this was the one the year before. Yeah, in 2016, no, in 2016, Southfield. Ante well, and Clarkson, tied, yeah, tied Clarkson. it right. Yeah, yep. and then um, in 2015, West Bloomfield won it, and then in 2014, they won it outright. It won right. it. So yeah, it's it, you just 
I had to like triple check that just yeah. to make sure that I wasn't seeing something wrong. Well, but in, and that just proves how dominant they've been. You know, they take a loss or two. Yeah. It seems like in in the league season, and then they just turn it on after that. And like the Catholic League Central Division, the MAC Red, the OAA Red is one of the best competitive leagues yeah. in the state. No Absolutely. game is a joke. This one again, like I said, now has relevance. Oxford is is good, and they beat yeah. good teams. So every game you got to get up for, and then you're ready when mm-hmm. it comes yep. to playoff time. You're you're ready to go. You've you've seen everything you could possibly see. I mean, Bloomfield Hills. It wasn't that long ago they were a good team. Well, last year right. they were a really yeah, good they team. They lost fifty five yeah. to seven yeah. to Clarkston. I mean, that is a thrashing. Yeah, yeah. So, Bloomfield, Bloomfield Hills was the reason Clarkston wasn't in that three-way tie, right? Yeah. Because they lost. Yeah, Josh Luther is another kid I want to shout out for, for Clarkston. Does it on both sides of the ball as a defensive back. Does it as a wide receiver, and he's a, a special teams guy too. So, you know, kind of embodies that Clarkston spirit. Predictions to come at the end of the show. So uh, we will talk about uh, who we think will win these games. Uh, another another one that, uh, speaking of the Mac Red, Macomb, Dakota, number 19 in the state, 5-1, and one, taking on a 5-1 and one Romeo team, currently unranked. Uh, obviously, if they get a win, the they get a win they, I know, and they get a, game, they get a win this week. Well, I'm sure this week, because I wasn't on extra points, so I didn't get to, to have fun with you, but I'm sure 25 this week with Fortson, you had fallen out and you put South Lion in, you got Romeo... Get some emails. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure you did. Uh, and comments on the website, which is all good, man. Um, but uh, they're coming off, you know, again, Gross Point North, a program that is not typically one that you would say is weak. Uh, and I'm not even saying they're weak, but the fact that the Bulldogs won 49 to nothing that shows that they were ready to play. I think they're reminding everybody, hey, remember us? Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, and you mentioned their only loss is Oxford. And that seems like an eternity. And they, they won the state fight. championship yeah, not too long ago. Not that yeah. long ago. That's yeah, why yeah, I'm saying, yeah. remember us? Hi, look uh, at yep. Hello. Oh, wait, you know what? They've won five game, five games straight. Yeah. Uh, this is an intriguing matchup. Uh, Cougars had the bounce back. They needed to have the bounce back after the tough loss the week before uh, against Chip Valley. Yeah, so no this, this is a great one. This is a great matchup. Well, and it's interesting title dynamic here because you know if the bulldogs win then they set up a winner take all battle against chip valley next week um if dakota wins they can still get a share of the title if romeo goes on and beats chip valley so then it'd be a three-way tie so still a lot of stuff going on in there and then obviously they all step out of conference in week nine so pretty much in the next two weeks we're going to see who comes out of the uh, the the mac red and and gets that that coveted crown we've talked about dakota and you know the the toko magic and and uh, uh, Dustin Solomon and and some of their other playmakers, but over on Romeo's sideline, you got one of a, a real diamond in the rough um, in terms of uh, uh, college prospects on the defensive side of the ball in the state of Michigan and the Metro Detroit area. And, and Brock Horn, um, he's a guy that uh, you know could be going Ivy League. I know um, Harvard just recently offered him. I think in the last couple of weeks, and then you know some of the. Uh, uh, higher tier MAC schools and uh, uh, lower tier uh, power conference schools have started to to come around. I know he's got about a half dozen offers, uh, uh, Division One offers, and you know he's a kid that is just uh, a force of nature, sideline to sideline, and he's relentless. He's intelligent, and he hits like a ton of bricks. So there you go. Uh, this game was sixty-one to thirty-three last year. Ooh. And uh, Romeo was on the winning side of that one. So I don't know if we're going to get that many points, but when you look at last week's finals and uh, Romeo wins 49 nothing, and Dakota wins 33 to nothing over Utica Ford, uh, we'll see what happens. So that is another one that uh, we are going to pay attention to 
Fenton and Flushing are getting together at Flint Metro Rivalry that is uh, uh, always uh, fun. And, and again, you talk about uh, shootouts. I think last year it was 59 to 39 was the score. Uh, so, uh, and, and of course, um, you know, that's. No, wait, that was last week. Wait, 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 wait I had 52-36. There you go. Last thank week. you, yep. thank you. La- that was like 52-35, or maybe it was yep. 36. Uh, but that was when Fenton had Josh Sarnato, who was a Mr. Mm-hmm. Football yeah. candidate. Yep. I don't expect Fenton to put up 52 uh, or fi- whatever, 50-anything. Uh, however, uh, they are having a good season, a very quiet good season. Well, and the interesting thing is both these teams lost their quarterback to Grand Valley. They're both on the roster at Grand Valley, so they don't have them anymore. And you mentioned Josh Sarnata and Flushing lost Al Endicott. Flushing also lost Aiden, uh, uh, Aiden Harrison, yeah, who going to Missouri. In, yeah, transferred to New Lothrop. So lost some firepower. And in, when you're dealing with you know getting a new quarterback into the system, probably part of the reason for the early season stumbles, uh, Flushing lost 16-13 uh, to Swartz Creek, who's actually in the leader in the clubhouse right now in the Flint Metro. Um, Fenton lost to Brandon 26-21 in and week Flint, one. Flushing lost to, or Flushing beat up on Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ortonville Brandon. Yeah, a couple yep, with fifty nine thirty nine. That was where yeah, that score came from. So Fenton's won or shared the Flint Metro title each of the last seven seasons, and but they're like I said, Swartz Creek is kind of the the leader in the clubhouse. Um, last year, and that's like, who Fenton has next week. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so we they're could have a fast finish. Yep. Play, uh, yep. So, yeah. Swartz Creek, yes. The Dragons. Yes, yes. yes. Kate Andrews is uh, running the ball uh, really well for Flushing. Uh, this year he had 223 yards in that Ortonville game, uh, I had noticed. Uh, again, this is probably going to decide the Flint Metro, uh, although, you know, Swartz Creek is in that conversation too. But if Fenton should win that one, then uh, – or, or Flushing should win that one, then they should be there. So, anyway, we'll see how it works out, but that's another one that we're, we're paying attention to. Three Rivers and Edwardsburg mm-hmm. are getting together. They are both 6-0. Yeah. And uh, these are teams that uh, – are both having phenomenal years, oh. uh, phenomenal years, and both uh, coming off fifty-plus point phenomenal uh, efforts. It's yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> you know what's yeah. funny? I, I you you take a look. You know, you look at the scores. You're doing the prep and everything, and you're like, "Wow, the Wildcats have outscored their opposition two hundred three to thirty-six. That's nuts." So you flip the page. And then you flip the page and you look yeah. at the Eddies. Three hundred and forty-nine to twenty-one. Yeah, fifty-five points a game. I, I don't know. I was like yeah. taking my calculator out. Even though it's right there, you're adding it up, going, "It's crazy." So, uh, two teams that have been dominant on both sides of the ball. I mean, what more can you ask for? Six and zero. Oh. As you said, I mean, there's a history there with both of these programs. Yeah. What a dandy! Yeah, what a and, dandy. and Edwardsburg had that long. Uh, conference winning yep. winning streak and three rivers beat them last year 2118 now yep. they come home and uh for this game and so you know that uh there are going to be a lot of people uh interested in what's going on and they're yeah. they're going I'm sure they had bulletin board material all week well, and Jalen Hyvlin, who was the the Three Rivers quarterback, who was kind of the Kalamazoo area player of the year last year, missed three maybe weeks, I think, early in the season this year, and got back, I think, two weeks ago against Pawpaw. So he's, you know, hopefully he's up to speed because you you kind of want this to be a everybody has all the bullets they have available to them kind of matchup because you, you kind of want this to be like it was last year because you know Three Rivers gets the the regular season meeting and. The Eddies still win the conference title, and then the Eddies get revenge in the playoffs in another right. one of their long runs to the to the semis. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, I'd say that uh, you know, again, this is like this has been a Three Rivers team that's been kind of climbing. Edwards has been been on been on top. So it's uh, D four football. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, if you were curious as to uh, where they, they fit in, in the playoffs, they both are D4 teams. And, uh, and again, it was just last year that uh, uh, the Eddies went all the way to the state final, lost to Grand Rapids Catholic Central 42-31. Good game. Uh, that's always the uh, Friday night cap. Right. Did the four games? So. Well, the Eddies have been to the semis in 2010, 2014, 2016, yeah, and then moved. to the finals last year. Yeah, so, like yeah. I said, it's been a, a decade. They lost to Grand Rapids Catholic Central twice, South Christian once, Muskegon once. So, yeah, those are not bad teams. Those are worthwhile losses. They're 85 and 14 since 2010. Mm. So, yeah, it's been it's been a stretch for both of these schools where yeah. they've been dominant. The Wolverine Conference. So, uh, yeah, so that's going to be a good one, and uh, we'll talk about how that one turns out. Uh, up north end. now. Yeah, that's right. We're going to go up north now, exactly, because yes. Traverse City, St. Francis, you talk about proud programs, yeah. team that has had uh, numerous Spartans. Lots of bullets. Yes, exactly, <laughs> come, come out of that uh, that defense. 6-0 and on the year. They're going to Sheboygan. That's my squad. Sheboygan is my right, squad. So I spent my, well, I spent my summers as a child in Sheboygan, Michigan, going to Camp Walden. So, and, so where is Sheboygan exactly? It's about a half hour uh, from uh, the UP, Mackinac Island. Yeah. Three yeah. different guys pulled their hands yeah. out, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We just all react. And, and the Chiefs are so it's, it's, led it's by Coach. Center, it's about top of the, the lower peninsula, yeah. Yeah. slightly east. Yes. And it's a great little town and uh, a lot of charm, and, and they take a lot of pride in their sports, period. Yeah. Uh, and Coach Schultz does a great job with those Chiefs. And, um, you know, they're sitting 4-2 and two right now. They won their homecoming game last week. They started 0-2. So yeah. yeah. Won four straight. Yep. And they got a nice, uh, nice tailback, and, and Tristan Schley. I know he had about a buck seventy-five, three touchdowns last week in the homecoming victory. So uh, things are looking up. You know for, what's for interesting, Bernie, about this one too? To me, is is if Sheboygan brings it, Traverse City has not been. St. Francis hasn't been in a close game. It hasn't been year. tested this year. They, yeah. they have pounded every. I mean, their closest, their closest margin of victory is thirty-five points, wow. five touchdowns. So if Sheboygan brings it, how does that test? How do, how does that play out? So that'll be intriguing. I think there still is a bullet there. Is there a bullet? Oh, I'm, I'm sure. convinced there is. Yeah. And there, I'm sure there and are, are probably 38 in the league. And if Sheboygan, after after this week, Sheboygan gets the other 4 on one team in the conference, Kingsley, which got Tim Wooer, who had been at Trevor City West for several years, to come back because he'd really had them on a roll about a decade ago. Um, it, it Like I said, Sheboygan started 0-2. They haven't made the playoffs since 2013, and they were nine and 26 over the last two seasons or uh, last uh, four seasons. So to have a start like this, that that part is nice. But to be in the league race, this is really the first time since joining this conference that they've actually been part of the discussion. They've not really been very good because they're an independent for a while after the Straits Area Conference broke up and and go eight. Um, so they were kind of just floating around and. And it's hard when you play a schedule like that to really know what the level of competition is because the teams change every year based on who's available. But, yeah, they really haven't, since joining the Northern Michigan Football League, they really haven't been part of the conversation. So for them to have a two-week stretch playing the top two teams in the league with a chance of getting a share of the title still, that's pretty cool for them. No doubt. All right, some other games that uh, we were keeping an eye on. Grass Lake is 6-0. and uh, They're taking on a 5-1 and Napoleon team. And, uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we can keep in the map. Grass Lake about right here. Uh, it's about it's between Ann Arbor and Jackson. So I just actually had to pull it up because I forgot exactly if it was more towards Lansing or more towards Jackson, but it's close, close, to, Jackson. close to Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, again, one of those uh, teams we haven't had a chance to talk about this year. However, they're undefeated. Grass Lake is is kind of like what we were just talking about with St. Francis in the regard that 
they had been pounding everybody, and they got their first big test last year, and they passed it last week. Yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah, me, okay. last week, and they 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 beat Michigan Center fourteen to ten. So. You know, if you're one of those people that believe into that, you know, well, how are you going to react when somebody punches the, punches you back? Right. Uh, they responded. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this week with, with a team. The Pirates have won five straight, and, and they really seem to be excelling right now. So uh, timing is everything, I think, in a game like this. Well, this is one of those good bounce back seasons for a team in Grass Lake that that program has been pretty consistent over the last decade or so. Uh, they were five and four last year and missed the playoffs for the first time in twelve years, and so it was that was kind of a yeah. an odd feeling for them. Yeah, and obviously come back with six straight wins. They've won at least a share of four of the last seven titles in the Cascades Conference. And they can, they can, but they cl- haven't won it outrightly. They can clinch it this week if they yeah. if they yeah. win this game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, I don't even know where Napoleon, Michigan, is, but I'm assuming it's, it's right near there. They're I'm ranked assuming. number six in in Division Six right now by the AP. Yeah, I'm talking about the city. Oh, okay. I'm just looking so, to see I've never <laughs> been to Napoleon either. Napoleon's so, on the yeah. west. I think it's on the west side. No, I'm pulling it up right. It's it's uh, yeah, it's not far from Grass Lake. It looks like south of of Grass Lake, above Brooklyn. Um, okay. So not too far from from MIS. But again, you know, it's kind of that that area of the state that we just uh, we don't not a lot of stuff happens out there. So uh, you think Lou would spring for us to have a little map graphic so we can just point at it? Yeah, I think do our geography. We can do, we can do remotes. Kevin's yeah. gonna throw darts at my hand. I'm gonna hold my hand. Oh, okay. up. He's gonna fire we're, darts. We're gonna throw at it to Kevin, hand. who's actually <laughs> in Grass Lake. <laughs> we'll do maybe, some, we'll, maybe we'll put one right here. We'll hang up a, a map. Do some remotes us. coming live yeah. from yeah. the forecast from Napoleon next week. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. Spring Lake is five and one. Grand Rapids Catholic Central is five and one. Uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, another team with uh, a tremendous amount of success, the defending state champions. We mentioned them uh, earlier, uh, and a Spring Lake team that uh, I think a lot of nowhere. is yeah, yeah is is really making hay. And maybe Grand Rapids Catholic Central is not the juggernaut maybe they have been in the past. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're only losses, they're only losses Celine. to Celine yeah. by ten points yeah. on the road yeah. in a game that they were in in the fourth quarter. Um, it, you know, maybe 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 they're a tick below some of those teams that that have just dominated all the way through the the yeah. finals. But and they're certainly does. they're certainly a contender this year. Yeah. Um. But Spring Lake had lost. Play, right? Yeah. You know. Spring Lake had lost sixteen of their last eighteen games coming into this season. So I don't think anybody expected a five and zero start from them. Now they lost they their lost first last week to Grand Rapids West, West Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. yeah, it was another contender in that league. Yeah, and you know if they want to make the playoffs for the first time since 2014, they got to beat either Catholic Central or a three and three Allendale team or a Holland Christian team in the non conference at the end of the season. That's four and two, so it's still doable. It's just it's still kind of a daunting stretch for them. But that's another one of those good stories where a, a team. Figures it out, and you, you like to see it when you know a team that isn't expected. Because as we've we've said before, when you just get the same old story, the same year after year, and you get the same contenders, and you get the same you know people winning it, exactly, it's no fun. No it's, usual you know, suspects. Yeah, but when you get a team like Spring Lake that can kind of pop up out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, you know, give or like a Sheboygan did, or you know, give give the normal contenders a run for their money. It's fun, even yep. if they don't pull it off. It's at least it makes the season interesting. Absolutely, and West Catholic, another team that uh, obviously is is one of the best every every single year. They're going to play uh, West Catholic the week after next. Grand Rapids Catholic and Central I is think so. A, a, a big storyline in this game is is Caleb Montgomery, the quarterback, the star quarterback for spring uh, for Spring Lake that that 
got uh, a, uh, some type of non-contact injury a couple mm. weeks ago. He missed the West Catholic mm. game. So that's, I mean, I'm not, you know, you, you can't live on excuses. Yeah. It's, it's got to be next man up. But, you know, their one loss was without their star quarterback. Yeah. Not sure what his status is going forward, but hopefully, you know, he, he can get back uh, up on that horse and, and, and be riding Spring Lake to some more victories. But I think, uh, you know, whether he's in the lineup this week, Will will kind of uh, be an indicator whether or not they can uh, compete with with a team like GRCC. Absolutely. So we got one more to get to, and that is a team that uh, certainly is is not unfamiliar with winning and winning <laughs> titles, and that's East Grand Rapids. Uh, again, a team that you know kind of had a little bit of a lull when Peter Sturzma took the Hope College job uh, last year. Obviously, rolled uh, really. I was shocked when they lost to Cedar Springs in the playoffs. It was 41-40. It was a heck of a game, but uh, they were undefeated uh, going into that one. Uh, this year, they have a couple of losses. Zeeland East, Zeeland East is, a, is a much better team mm-hmm. than they have been in the past. And, uh, in fact, they lost to Catholic Central just, I think, with 17-13 or something was the score to Grand Rapids Catholic yep. Central. So Zeeland East is, is for real. Muskegon, well, you know. What are we they were say? actually leading by double digits. Okay. Two touchdowns in that Muskegon game. And that was the one where we kind of said it's not, you know, a true definition of a trap game. Right. But it's one where it's hard to get up every week. And, you know. This is th- okay so, gold yeah. uh, football we're talking here. And, again, uh, Middleville was undefeated until they lost to Grand yeah. Rapids Christian last week. Yeah. East Grand Rapids started one and two with those two losses. Yep. Yeah. And, and they've run off three straight. But yeah, as you mentioned, nine-point loss to Zealand East, who is a very good Zealand East team. Um and and forty nine twenty one against Muskegon, so they were up. I yeah. think twenty one to seven. I think at that point. Yeah, was it? Um, it was forty two straight points. Wasn't yeah, it? I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yep. something crazy like that. And it, they were up in the Zealand East game too. So that's been one where that's probably the thing that they've focused on most over the last couple of weeks is kind of finishing out games at the end. And sometimes think, losing like that in the first week is a real character builder, you know, because you can kind of see okay, maybe we got complacent or whatever. And, uh, you know, now we, they've obviously turned it on. They haven't, they've been able to finish at 108 points in the last yeah. three weeks, you know, the three-week winning streak. So they've yeah. certainly met, to your point, they've been able to finish. And Middleville is kind of one of those teams like we've talked about. It's kind of been kind of a theme over the last couple of games that we've talked about. And Middleville they hadn't won five games since 2011. You know, haven't made the playoffs since 2010. So for them to be 5-0, and they've been 14-40 or 40 over the last six seasons, and they were 2-7 and seven last year. So again, this is one of those teams that kind of popped up out of nowhere and is giving, you know, some of the big boys a run for their money. Right. And it, it'll be interesting to see. They've they've never had much success against East Grand Rapids. There are a lot of teams who could say that very yeah. same thing. Right. So Especially it, it, in East Grand yeah. Rapids, which is such a tough place to play. Very hard to play. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna take a timeout. We're gonna flip the order this week on the forecast. I'm gonna have Alan True in the second segment. So we're going to come back. He is actually waiting on the line right now. So we are going to bring him in. We're going to talk about uh, this week's Michigan aid, uh, stu- Michigan student aid recruit report. Uh, he's got four guys, a couple we've already mentioned in the show. Uh, so we're going to talk about them and we'll probably mention at least one of them again when we talk about the Hungry Always Mr. Football Race. So stick around. We will be right back. My passion is architecture. I don't want to sit around passively studying. I need to create. In our architecture studios at Lawrence Tech, we collaborate with students, faculty, and professionals from around the world. And from day one, we design using the same industry standard software that architecture firms use. I really feel like I'm designing my own future here. Lawrence Tech. 
possible is everything. Today, let's talk about a new rule for the soccer season. There's a change in soccer rules this year on plays where a defender denies an obvious goal scoring opportunity within their own penalty area. The penalty has been amended depending on whether or not the referee determines that the defensive player was attempting to play the ball when committing the foul. If so, the defender will receive a yellow card rather than a red card and a penalty kick will be awarded. Here are a couple examples where the defender was playing the ball, which now results in a yellow card. This eliminates the previous double jeopardy on the play, a PK and a red card. Of course, in those circumstances where there was no attempt to play the ball, the defender is still disqualified. Here's an example of a play where a red card would be issued. This brings the high school rule in line with college and international rules. For more information about soccer, visit the MHSAA website. You ready, Darius? Let's do it. Anybody want an autograph? Autograph? We're here for the stuffed crust pizza. Stuffed crust pizza? Hey, who do you think you are? End in the line, pal. Flavor fanatics love stuffing their faces with our stuffed flavored crust. Get one for only $2 more on any large original round pizza. Hungry? Howie's! All right, welcome back to the state champs football forecast for week seven. Alan True, as you see right there, is on the horn. He is here for the Michigan Student Aid Recruit Report. And uh, actually, a couple of the games, Alan, uh, first off, how you doing? Doing well. All Thanks right. Yep, yep. Good to have you again. Uh, we do. We really do appreciate your insight and coming in uh, on the show and being flexible with your time and all of that. A um, couple of the games that we previewed, we talked about a couple of these guys already. We'll start with Josh DeBerry and uh, at De La Salle. Again, I list him as a wide receiver, but again, he plays so many different positions uh, and can probably could at the next level. What do you see when we, when we see just big play after big play? Yeah, yeah I, think I think he's, he's um, probably going to be a cornerback at the next, next level. level. Okay. Had seven interceptions as a junior, but I think when, when you look at cornerback recruits, uh, a lot of the time other schools stay away from them. So it's hard for them to sometimes get a lot of film. So you end up watching a lot of offensive film on those guys. And he's obviously showing a lot of speed and athleticism and ball skills yeah. this year. Uh, I think he's taking his game to another level on the offensive side of the ball. And that's where you see some new schools starting to come in um, and pick up on him a little bit. I think he might be one of the more underappreciated seniors uh, in the state of Michigan. Yeah. Guy's making a lot of plays. He's doing it against good schools. You watch that game against Muskegon. Yeah. And he's one of the best players on the field. Um, so he just got offered by Wake Forest. He just visited Northwestern, and they're high on the list right now. That's my the school I'm riding with. I think he's going to end up a Wildcat. Okay. But uh, Michigan State is poking around a little bit. I've heard Tennessee's coming in. I, it would not surprise me to see that kid get a couple more offers. I think he was maybe a guy who slid under the radar a little bit. He didn't do a lot of camps. But you turn the film on from last year and this year, and I think it stacks up with just about anybody else in the state. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the kids, like we were just talking off air about, you know, you have these these combine kids and camp kids that go and impress, and some of the coaches be like, I, I'm But not. they've never done anything yeah. as a high school football player. Yeah, yeah, right. And you get a kid like DeBerry, who does everything yep. as a high school football player and wins state titles and wins Catholic League titles, and it's until midway through his senior year until the big boys start knocking on his door. Yeah, that just happens sometimes. That's the way recruiting goes now. But I think um, the myth is that you need 
be all, to do all these camps to to get recruited. I think that you can still get recruited. It just takes longer. Uh, people right. ask me now. I've, I've been asked a couple of times this year. Who's this year's Ladarius Jefferson guy that pops up as a senior and kind of rises up to? He was committed to UCF and he ends up going to Michigan State. Josh DeBerry's probably one of the first names you would say that he might be that guy. Jefferson's earning time as a as yeah. a true freshman a in touchdown. that backfield. Yeah, yeah. got a touchdown. And you know, yeah, we were making the comparison too to like a a, um, a Grant Perry who all of a sudden is senior, even though he had state titles and his film was was really good. You know, a little Northwestern, yeah, Northwestern came in in the end, and then Michigan came. He in. He actually committed to Northwestern yeah. on our signing day special, and uh, it wasn't long after that he was a, a Michigan Wolverine. I think he committed to Michigan on Super Bowl Sunday. I remember <laughs> yeah. at half writing that at halftime of the yeah. Super Bowl. So thanks, Grant. Uh, <laughs> I know. But another uh, yeah, another guy, Vincent Gray. Ends right. up going to Michigan late. I think Josh is very comparable to that situation as well. Well, another team we talked about earlier in the show, and uh, again, what a season for uh, the Muskegon quarterback, uh, Cameron Martinez. Uh, it just seems like the Big Reds haven't lost a beat since the aforementioned Ladarius Jefferson is now at the next level. Uh, what's going on with Cameron? Yeah, so it takes a lot to go from a Mr. Football uh, Michigan State recruit and not miss a beat. So that tells you right. what Cameron brings to the table. A little bit different style of player. Ladarius was more of a bulldozer. Cameron's a guy who can make a lot of plays happen in space. And again, we talked about you know watching Josh in that De La Salle game. Cameron Martinez scores five touchdowns. Oh yeah, runs for well over two hundred yards in that game. Does you know something similar against King? So that's the those were the first two games where he was playing at that level. Remember, he was playing at Division I think seven or eight. Uh, prior yeah. to that, so people get yeah, eight. So people wondered, how's he going to do against that level of competition? He answered those questions quickly. So Northwestern just offered him over the weekend. He was down there with Josh, um, and I think that his recruit once this the film from this year at Muskegon comes out, it's going to explode for him. So I'd have to think the regional powers: Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Notre Dame. They're all recruiting him already. I'd have to think he'll get a good number of those offers. But Northwestern was a, a big start for him because I think that's his first Big Ten offer. And all or, projected you know, Indiana at, offer. Okay, and all at quarterback? I think right now it's more athlete. Okay. I think he's going to have to go to camp at some of those schools and show that he can throw the football right. well enough to play quarterback at those schools. But Northwestern runs a spread out type of offense they run their quarterback a lot indiana's the same i could see him being a quarterback for those schools um but i think you have a kid who's athletic enough to play other positions if you need him to height height will probably be right a little bit of a factor too in that mm. uh port here on northern's got uh, a defensive and Braden mcgregor what's up with Braden? well he just got offered by ohio state today Woo. Um, and that, yeah, that comes after he's already ha has Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. So he's he's about a thousand on all of the Midwest schools. Now we'll see if any of the SEC and Pac-12 schools come in. I'd have to think so. Very outstanding athlete at six foot five, almost two hundred and forty pounds. Um, some of our Michigan-based writers went and saw him this year, and they thought he was every bit as good as Aiden Hutchinson was at the same age, which wow. is saying a lot. Yeah. Um, Braden's a multi-sport guy, also plays tight end. So you like to see those athletic qualities, but has a chance to bulk up and be, I, I think, your classic Big Ten type of defensive end. So I don't know if I have a leaning quite on him yet. It seems like it was going to be Michigan. Seems like he really liked Notre Dame when he visited, and now Ohio State's jumped in. So a uh, long way to go on that one. It's going to be an interesting recruitment. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. He, I read that he was shocked, wherever that Michigan – 
uh, had come in and actually made an offer. And, um, you know, again, he's, only, he's only a junior. You know, that's what I'm saying. He's just he's coming into his own. And uh, teams are jumping in. They, they see that raw ability, and they want to coach it. Yeah, and he started off with, I think, Central Michigan and Toledo were his first two offers. He's obviously very excited to get those. And there haven't been a ton of D1 guys coming out of Port Huron Northern. So I think when the big boys started coming in, it, it did surprise him a little bit. Um, but he's, def- he's definitely deserving of all of those. Yeah, it's got the blonde locks and all that flowing out of the, out of the helmet and all that. So, yeah, he'll be, uh, he'll be rocking that at the next level. Uh, Walt Lake Central, and I know, Scott, you're high on this guy, Blake Nelson. Because he's only a sophomore, yep, and the- unfortunately he's being hidden by the fact that he's at Walt Lake Central. Again, all due respect to Coach Meyer and that staff that you know do a very good job and over the years have, have had teams that have made long runs. But since Blake got there, you know the team hasn't really been anything that special, and as a result – there's no attention being paid to, to, to him or his team. So he's really kind of in the shadows. Yeah, but I think some schools are starting to get on him a little bit more. Um, Kentucky offered him in the offseason, so that helped him get started. He says he's still hearing from um, a lot of the Big Ten schools. He's supposed to be visiting Michigan State here pretty soon. He's trying to get back up to Michigan. Indiana's recruited him. So uh, I, I spoke to him last night, and he listed all these schools that he was trying to go visit. So – it took him. It took a little bit of time, but like you said, he's only a sophomore, and I think um, he's been pretty active on the camp circuit, and that's helped him get out a little bit more as well. So look out for him. I, I mentioned him just because we've talked about some 2021s on this show. We've talked about the yeah. Clarkston kids and Donovan Edwards and those guys. Haven't gotten to Blake yet, and I think there's a chance that before it's all said and done, he's mentioned in the same breath with those guys. He's so about burst. six foot four. Yeah, an athletic, right? He's just bursting with potential, and he's a character kid. He's the type of kid that I get an email or a, a Twitter message every time I've written about him or spoken about him, uh, you know, writing me to thank me for helping getting his name out. And I've literally gotten like four or five of them uh, since since the start of the year. So uh, it, it shows you what kind of kid he is, how diligent he is at his craft. And uh, you know, Alan, tell me what you think. And I know right now he's being looked at as a tight end, and he's definitely got the the tools to to stretch the field, but you know, could you also see him possibly going to the next level as a defensive end, as a guy coming off the edge? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, six four, long arms, athletic. You could go a lot of ways there. So, I think it just depends on who's recruiting him. Uh, it's becoming more rare to find high end tight end prospects, though. It's just that's not a position yeah. that gets developed as much. So, right. even right now, if we try to talk about who are the top tight end prospects around the state, we'd have a hard time naming. You know, getting to five yeah. of them. Can we get to ten? Probably not. So that might be a good situation for him to be recruited there. But an, another premium is on sacking the quarterback, getting heat on on the passer. That everybody wants that now. Um, so I could see that happening. As of now, I think schools are just saying, "Here's a big athletic kid. Let's let's recruit him, and then we'll figure it out." Yeah, you know, it wasn't that long ago. We could probably name ten tight ends before yeah. you know it. Yeah. You know, who were rocking it. Right now it just seems you know, it to ab- be it ebbs and flows. Yeah, it's and, the and, age of the linemen and right and now posi- in the trenches pos- here. Just position wise it yeah. ebbs and flows. You know, sometimes you gotta like we have a, a had a great run of, of linemen and yeah. linebackers lately, but you know, maybe the last couple of years you take a step back and and, and guys like uh, you know, Nelson that, that are that are tight end studs. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just was just talking to a division one coach. And they need a tight end recruit. And they didn't even, they said, who are some big receivers that we can convert into a tight end? Right. And that's becoming what it is. Yeah. They're going to put these guys in the slot. They're going to move them outside. So they'd rather take a, a big receiver that maybe isn't quite fast enough to play a receiver at the Division One level and make him into a tight end. And we're seeing now, because the linemen are so athletic, 
you're seeing coaches put them in games yeah. in tight end yeah. positions, especially in red zones and short field situations, so that in a way they're kind of showcasing these kids to say, hey, you don't have to limit them to you know being on the line. These and kids are so athletic and go and get the that's ball. That's why there's been, a, there's been a premium on outside linebackers in the last five, six years because of the trends that are developing at the next level and the next, next level. Um, these outside linebackers need to be able to uh, run like deer. They, they need to kind of almost be like – a tight end or a wide receiver on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, then you, but then you look at a school like Iowa that continuously puts tight ends in the NFL. Right. It's because they run a traditional tight end still. So those right. guys still have a place in the game. So we'll see what happens with Blake. I think he could develop into a true tight end, but I think the options are wide open for him to be a lot of things. Right on, right on. Well, Alan, where are you this weekend? I'm planning on going to uh, Spring Lake, Grand Rapids Catholic Central. We talked about that game is, a little uh, while ago. Yeah, Spring Lake is uh, making some noise over here on this side of the state. They're they're the surprise over here, and Catholic Central's got a sophomore receiver named Jace Williams, also a really good basketball player. So, chance to see him uh, this weekend. As long as it's not 35 and raining, I'll be out there. <laughs> and I appreciate the plug because uh, we have a, a state champs basketball showcase we'll be doing on December 22nd. Grand Rapids Catholic Central will be playing Canton in our main event, so uh, we'll get a chance to see him live here at Lawrence Tech. Awesome. See, I knew that. <laughs> so I, 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 helped, helped I haven't out. even made it public yet, so until just now that I said that we're, we're doing this, but uh, that's all coming soon because we got the contracts and that's uh, what we're waiting on. So uh, well, have fun there, and uh, thanks again for doing this. Uh, of course, you can watch Alan True on our recruit reports on both our State Chance Michigan and Indiana shows. We appreciate that. Again, uh, the Indiana um, hype is kind of starting to happen. We're, we're starting to get you know feedback, and, and uh, people are talking about it. People are contacting Lawrence Tech about opportunities and things like that. So uh, you are one that we can uh, uh, say is helping us get the word out there and kind of get our – kind of feet wet there in Indiana, so we appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Glad it's going well. And, uh, hey, the more that I can see my own face on TV, obviously, <laughs> no, no one no one likes that. <laughs> I appreciate it. pride and joy of the Grand Rapids. Yes, he moonlights as a comedian also, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, follow him on Twitter. He's a great uh, great follow. And it's just Alan True now. It's no longer A True, just Alan True at 24-7. T-R-I-E-U. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep, just my name. So. Okay. And it's 247sports.com, right? Yes. Okay. 247sports.com is where you could find all of our work and where you can find the rankings and you can go complain to me on Twitter about those. And, and you and uh, Steve Wilfong, you guys have a podcast now that you do once in a while, right? We do. It's a Big Ten podcast. It's called the Notorious B1G Podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I came up with that name. Steve did. It's, it's great. But, it's uh, great. How can we check that, it out? Yeah, no. Um, we tweet it every week. It's if you search for it, it comes up on iTunes, and we also embed it on uh, on twenty four seven. But iTunes is probably the way most people find it. And uh, we've had a couple of Big Ten head coaches come on, and we, so we talk about recruiting in the conference every week. Fantastic! All right, so a lot of good stuff out there, Alan True. We appreciate it, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Take care. Okay. See ya. See ya. So we thank uh, Alan True for that. We're going to take another timeout. We're going to come back. We're going to talk just uh, briefly about uh, Hungry Howie's Mr. Football Race. No changes this week. And, uh, and then we'll get into our predictions. So we'll do that next. So stick with us. The football forecast winds up. Next. 
I want to be a dermatologist, and though a lot of universities tried to recruit me for basketball, Lawrence Tech had the science curriculum that I wanted. LTU's Southfield campus is a great place to learn, and the classes are small enough that I don't have to wait for office hours to talk to my professors. They're usually right by my side, challenging me and guiding me toward a successful future. Lawrence Tech, possible is everything. Fundraising should be fresh, flavorful, and simple. We have the perfect solution at Hungry Howie's, Dough Razor. Your team or school can sell paper pizza certificates that can be redeemed for one medium pizza at participating locations. Hungry Howie's makes it easy. It's just a little mini pizza box, but we make lots of money, lots of dough. Go to DoughRazor.com to learn more and sign up. Your next fundraiser comes with flavored crust. Welcome to Hungry Howie's Dough Razor. All right, welcome back. Our final segment here of the football forecast. Kevin Trusinski is on a tight timeline, so we've got to get this done. Now, uh, again, these things always run so long. I, I scheduled Alan for an hour after we started, and it's like we hadn't even got to the second segment yet. So that's just how we roll here. They're long. Uh, hopefully you enjoy we, it. We do deep dives. Yes, deep yes. dives. And again, this is way better than when we used to do 97.1 because we get we're 10 minutes by and then we stopped. And then, and yeah, we never we were, were able to. We always kind of bumped because of yes. the Lions yeah, or we the had Red get, Wings or the yes. Pistons. And just as far as subjects, we had to move on. We always had to get to the next thing. So we never got a chance to really talk in depth uh, as, as we like to do. And so hopefully you like it too. Uh, so here's what's happening in our Hungry Howie's Mr. Football Race. No changes this week. Um, there was debate. We, we decided to hold off again. I was coming off seeing uh, Julian Barnett at, for Belleville score two touchdowns, make big plays. They beat Forts and they remain undefeated on the year. Again, they do it in uh, kind of last-second fashion. You know, actually, Forts had a chance to tie in the last few seconds. Uh, but again, a good team they were going up against, and he was the reason that they won. Um, so he is right there on the cusp playing his way uh, back in. There are some other guys on our watch list um, who I have to get kind of, you know, Keegan Kohler is a kid that kind of started out super hot and maybe wasn't, but he's played a lot better. Uh, Steve Walker at Canton Canton is, is, is you know, lost a couple of games, but uh, he is still bit an amazing back. Uh, and there are some guys on our list that, you know. I, uh, I would almost throw this out here just for debate. And we yes, can talk go about ahead. it off the air and as we go forward yep. next year. I'd almost consider moving a guy like Marvin Grant, who's a safety, yep. into the Anvil Award discussion. Right. Because in the safety. Right. right. Yeah. And, and the safety, you know, can, can sometimes really get yeah. lost. And in reality, on a football team, whether, whether you're talking the pros, right. high school, or college, that. Quarterback on the back end of a defense, yes. that that free safety, that strong safety is so integral sure. to that team having success. Yep. And, he, and he's one of the best yeah. in the he's nation. Going to Purdue, he's yeah. going to Purdue, and yeah, um, yeah, so. yeah, he's he's real deal. Holyfield, no question. Just like so, the linebackers and linemen are kind of handicapped. I, you're I think right. Maybe the safeties are first too. With that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And usually those those guys, those DBs, are always playing wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, at the same but time, Marvin's so, not. So, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So or running right. back, exactly. Yeah. So you see them, and that's why they're always in the Mr. Football discussion. Yeah. So. Uh, but Mar- you're right. And Marvin's a, a great combination of a guy that is a ball hawk and is going to go find the ball, but he's also he's going to lay the wood if he's coming after you to, 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 to put the tackle down. Yeah, and again, we've had a hard time being able to judge King or Castec over the last several weeks just because of who, the competition they're playing. They're just eating teams alive, and uh, it, it makes it very difficult to – 
say whether they would be in the game later. You can't really even measure stats. It's really hard, but when the teams are as dominant as they are, it's almost impossible to, to, to think about pulling someone off. Uh, I will credit you know, the, the Castec family that uh, they have voted for Jaron Mangum. He is second uh, on our list. Uh, Sam Johnson is still leading with about 2,000 more than Jaron is right now. And, that's and, he was why- re- and Sam was really the only bright spot for Wall Lake Western last week. Right. And they're... Uh, Pretty disheartening loss to Lakeland, twenty-eight seven. But yeah. you know, Sam made it a game and put that team on his shoulders. Uh, at least you know, uh, at the early part of the the uh, first half and into the second half, and he threw for about uh, you know two thirty, ran in a fifteen-yard touchdown, and you know did what you expect a Boston College-bound quarterback to do. Um, you know, you just, you just need the kind of the other parts of that uh, lineup to kind of do their job. But it, it wasn't that twenty-eight-seven loss wasn't Sam Johnson's fault. Right, so right. I don't and, think that should go against him in in in, uh, in our football, and, uh, Mr. And football we, race. We do want to send just a, a word of caution to Night Nation out there that although Oak Park is is still what they are, they are undefeated on the year. Correct? They have not lost a game yet. So, um, but you know, is is Dewan Mathis having the kind of season so far? Just in terms of, um, you know, what a big reason why. I mean, he's obviously the 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 motor that the offense runs right? on. But I think that the six and zero start and and the, the 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 prospect of Oak Park having that that that. That signature season yeah. that we've been expecting yeah. under Coach Carter, um, and 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 he's he's played a role in it. Yes, but I don't know if he's played any bigger role than the running backs, uh, or, yeah. uh, Phil Stewart, and then now Torian Richardson's right. back exactly. and healthy. Yeah. Right. So you got that uh, and, fire and ice. And Justin Rogers on the defensive and then on the side. defensive line, yeah, right. uh, defensive side of the ball, and then you know in the secondary with guys like Jalen Fielder. So um, you know it's kind of an equal opportunity, um, you know, success yeah. for. For, for Oak Park, everyone's doing it right. And when it comes to awards, who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean. For those guys in Oak Park, they want to have it where everyone is contributing. There isn't one guy maybe sure. who's doing it. And Dewan Mathis is doing enough to win right now, and that's why this they isn't are like a, the Madison Heights Madison right. where it's like they right. are who right. they are the exactly. last two years Correct. because of Austin. Yeah. Right. right, and Isaac Van Dyke, what he's yeah. done in Hollow yeah. Ottawa. So we know that over the next few weeks, there are going to be some big, big games that a lot of these kids are going to be playing in, especially when you get King and Cass together and some of the crossovers that you have at the end of the season in, in divisions like the OAA. Uh, so we're going to be able to hear more of that quickly. I do want to make a point. Sean does our Hungry Howie's football report every week on uh, state champs. And so uh, this week we talked a little bit about a, a, a two teams that competed in the state finals last year, being Harrison and Muskegon, uh, but two players that were not obviously on the same team as Cameron Martinez is new to Muskegon. We just talked about on the recruit report. Roderick Herder was there last year, and he is having a phenomenal season. Well, you know, and, and you talk about making your case as this season progresses. Yes. This is a guy that had 37 carries, 286 yards, and three touchdowns. Next. Yeah. yeah I, you know what I mean? Yeah. At, at that point in time, I don't know if anybody wants to stand up and make an argument. When you average 7.3 yards a carry and then you increase that average after a game, yes, yeah, that's hard to do at that point of the season. And you're going to Northwestern as a cornerback. He's another one of these kids. Like Julian Barnett, who I've spoken about the last couple weeks, yeah. and, and he's going to Michigan State as a cornerback. Right. But I could easily foresee him going to the Big Ten and making an a impression and as receiving. a wide receiver. Yeah. Same thing for Roderick Hurd going over to Evanston and, and the Wildcats because this is a kid that – you know, is as dynamite on the offensive side of the ball as he is a lockdown corner on the defensive side of the ball, and and he uses that sprinter speed and and that that just uh, natural instinct that he has, uh, you know, really to help him whether it's uh, as a cornerback, uh, you know, 
containing uh, wide receivers on the other side of the ball or as a running back breaking through uh, into the open field. And in space, there are a few better than Roderick Hurt. Well, and, you know, you, you also mentioned Cameron Martinez at Muskegon. This isn't a guy who also you, is being recruited by Northwest. Yeah, yeah. When, 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 you look, when you look at the numbers, you know, okay, he had three rushing touchdowns and threw a touchdown. It isn't like a one-yard dive, a two-yard no, dive. No, He's sure, going for 65. He's going yeah. for 52. He's going for 34. Electric, you know, this is a guy. Matt, I want to give proper credit. I think you were banging his drum early on in the season and everything. Before we start, yeah, he was week after week after week. He keeps showing everything. And he ran for he, he ran for sixteen hundred last year, uh, sixteen hundred yards and and I think twenty six touchdowns. And and another thing that's for Muskegon spat- Catholic Central. No, no, right. I'm sorry, I was talking about uh, Roderick. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. we're talking about. Uh, I'm sorry. We, we, that's all no, right. No, 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 go, go ahead. Go ahead. But Roderick Hurd rushed yes. for sixteen hundred yards and and twenty six touchdowns last year. Um, and another thing that's kind of special about his story in 2018 is that he will be the last superstar in that lineage yep, at Farmington oh, Hills yeah. Harrison where there has been a plethora of big time performers on the gridiron that is right. starting back when John Harrington got there in the 70s all the way through the, the new millennium the Mill Coleman era two decades into the new millennium now and, and he'll be that last guy yep. so kind of like maybe John Miller was the first guy not the first yeah. guy that John coached that was an all-state player but the first guy to really oh, make yeah, an yeah, impression yeah. Game yeah. Changer. on, on, on yeah. what Farmington Hills Harrison yes. was all about uh, in the early 80s Roderick Kurtz kind of doing it at, at the twilight of, uh, of the Harrison um, football run and uh, you know he'll be remembered with those guys, with the the no Devin Funches yeah, and the Aaron Burbridges Berber, uh, yep. and the Mill Coleman's, yep, and, the Ventos, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we had Ogi Ogofu last year, Ogi, yeah, Ogi you know, Ogi will will definitely be in there. Khalid Kareem, yeah, yeah. who's at Notre Dame yeah, right now, exactly making hay, no doubt, yeah, no doubt. Uh, we all have to remember that this is the final round for Farmington Hills Harrison, you know, final uh, go round, hey, and yeah, it's bittersweet, but hopefully. Uh, you know, they can not just uh, finish this year, but finish with some flair and make another run like they did last year and, and yeah. ended their season at It'll Fort be interesting Field. when they do kind of finally come down and what division they're going to be in. I don't know mm-hmm. when that decision finally gets made. I don't know. Uh, probably, I guess, when they look at the, the majority of teams. I don't know. Uh, or it's a special exemption whether they're just in three or six. Is that correct? I think it's Three or four. Three or four. Is it just four? Okay. I didn't yeah. know where their population is now. So. Well, again, this is an I know, issue I know. about what their count was at I the know. end of last year which, compared to what their count is this year. Which is and, significantly and, and, and lower. Their, their status is being based on the count they had in 2000, at the end of 18, right. as opposed to where they are in the 18-19. Right. So being year. their last season, there are several who have already gone to North Farmington. I think there's, I think a well, lot I think the there's only kids. like 500 kids or 600 kids left in that school right now. Yeah. So right. that sounds like D4. That sounds about right. Anyway, uh, so that's what's happening with the race right now. Um, you can vote for your guys right now. Uh, I do want to give another shout-out to uh, uh, Jerome McKinney, the River Rouge, uh, who had a big you know, wipeout of, of Harper Woods. Um, and, uh, but Corey Graham didn't play. He's hurt or, or, or he's got some issue. No, right? it was an eligible, it was an eligible Yeah, they're talking about his transfer uh, eligibility and stuff. But uh, – uh, Duran is uh, just 400 votes behind Mangum in third. So and their backup uh, didn't play. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so they were down we, to a we third string. About this in the show I, I'm Monday. sure you did. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I wasn't here, so uh, I did listen. Uh, uh, but you. Um, you know, I, I um, Sean yeah. Sean held it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sean I'm now. I'm no Lord. <laughs> oh, please, <laughs> please. Mm. Although I get, I people think I'm Sean. Legion. I've gotten that before. Play, yes, I've gotten that before. I go, they yep. go, Sean you put glasses on. Yeah, they do. They think I'm him. I think it's, his hair a little bit. I think it has something to do twins. with the voice. 
All right, so uh, let's move on. We're going to get to predictions. We're going to wrap up uh, this particular show of uh, the uh, forecast. So let's. Uh, we always work uh, from back to front. So we'll start with the last game we talked about. That was Middleville and East Grand Rapids. Uh, Middleville coming in with a better record. Uh, East Grand Rapids, uh, again, with some impressive wins this season. They've had a couple of back-to-back really good seasons. They're at home. I love uh, East Grand Rapids at home yeah, always. E- I'm going to go East Grand Rapids. EGR. EGR. Pioneers. Spring Lake, who uh, Alan talked about, is the game he's going to be at. Uh, they're taking on Grand Rapids Catholic Central. GRCC and their new home now over the last couple of years, which is so cool. It's got a tunnel. They run out mm-hmm. in the field, and it's really awesome. Great field. Uh, great atmosphere. Spring Lake having a really tr- uh, a surprising season. Uh, but right there with the big boys as of Catholic Central and West Catholic, uh, I will still stay with uh, Catholic Central at home. CC. Too many questions about Spring Lake's quarterback right now. I don't okay. know if Campbell's going to be on the field, so i got to go with uh, Grand Rapids. Cougars Catholic. at home. Napoleon and Grass Lake is another game we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, Grass Lake is a, a team that is six and zero on the season. I think they will move to seven and zero. I'm taking Grass Lake. Grass Lake. Warriors at home. Grass Lake. Traverse City St. Francis undefeated. They are going to Shawnee School Sheboygan, and uh, they are four and two on the season at home. I'm sure that Sean has to take Sheboygan. No, that was my spot. No, was Scott. What I say, Shawnee? Yeah, you did. I I meant Scott. I I meant Scott. I was looking at at you. I want to take Sheboygan, but I I know TCSF is just such a juggernaut. I I can't. I got to pick against the the team Schultz and Sheboygan. I'm going to say that uh, St. Francis is going to get this victory. Gladiators. I I agree. Fighting Halleck's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Three Rivers and Edwardsburg. Uh, the annual war is renewed. Two teams were putting up just points at, at premiums. Uh, and again, last year, again, in the regular season, we had, you know, Edwardsburg uh, falling. And uh, this time they're at home. I'm taking the Eddies. I'm going to Iron Maiden. Okay. That was for you. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Eddies. Uh, I'll go Three Rivers. Okay. Three Rivers. That's going to be a good game. Uh, Fenton and Flushing, again, two teams that are familiar with each other. Flint Metro game, getting together. Fenton 5-1, and one, Flushing 4-2. and two. This one at Flushing. Uh, I'm going to take Fenton on the road. Oh, I, he, I, I thought I was going to be a different oh, guy. I'm okay. going to go Tigers on the road okay, as well. Right. I'm going Fenton, too. All right. All right. Well, also, we're all going Fenton. Disrespecting that Flushing home yeah, field. Wow. All right. I have definitely... Uh, Looked at this one, Macomb, Dakota, and Romeo. We've got Macomb, Dakota, 19 in the state, 5-1. and one. Underappreciated, I think, yep. uh, just because they have one loss, and that was the Chip Valley 24-17. Romeo coming in, having a great season. Uh, and I think, really, if they can pull this one off uh, and get in the playoffs, they're going to put themselves in a position where they say, uh, you know, the Mac Red is still definitely up for grabs, and it's not just Big Red territory. I will go Bulldogs at home to beat Macomb, Dakota. I'll go Romeo as well. I'm going Romeo, Kid Rock, uh, Kid Rock Nation. Okay. I'm going to be Cougars. I'm All going right, Cougars. That's smart. All right, so we got one there. Oxford and Clarkson getting together. I, I don't have to even yeah, make C- much statement. Clarkson, C-Town, at home. Clarkson. Yep. Uh, but I think Oxford will will make it. I a think game. it'll be a good game. I think this will be within you know 10, 14 points. The Battle of Dearborn Heights, our main event on state champs this Sunday at nine a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. Dearborn Heights Crestwood at Dearborn Heights Robichaud. Both teams six and zero. Oh. We talked a little bit about Robichaud's freshman quarterback and uh, the fact that uh, uh, they are on a roll. So are uh, the Crestwood football team that uh, the Chargers who have um, not. Uh, had this kind of success in a long time, just their fourth winning a season in the past 13 years. This is going to be a good one. This is our main event on the show, 
and I am going to take Crestwood on the road. I was going to find a lightning bolt and do the whole Lee Corso thing. I okay. couldn't find one, yeah, but I'm okay. with you, Crestwood. All right. I'll go Robichaud. I'm going to go Williams to Underwood and Robichaud. Okay. Yeah. I figured that's how we would, we would play it out on that one. So uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Detroit Public Safety, the school that uh, uh, builds the next uh, wave of corrective officers in our uh, community is 5-1, and one, and they are taking on Lutheran Weston, the game that I will be filming at. This was a viewer email chosen game. Uh, it's homecoming at Westland, and uh, they're really ge- geared up and uh, fired up for this one's big in the Mayak. I am actually going to take Lutheran Westland at home, despite the fact that public safety have, have been so really, really good this year. Bridges and public safety. Okay. I'm going to take public, public safety. safety. All right. Let's see if uh, I'm the outlier on that one. South Lion and Waterford Mod getting together. We've got South Lion ranked 25th in the state right now. They are 6-0. and Waterford Mod reeling. Needs this one in the worst way. And South Lion, I think, just is ready to put their foot on the neck and say, it's our turn now, baby. Lions. I am going Lions. Lions. I'm, I'm going to go my. I'm okay. going to say that they're going to show that I, heart. I, I have been... ever been in making a Lions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I'm going to say that the, the Corsair showed that heart that's been missing. The last I had three I weeks. had a feeling you would do that. And, uh, and again, uh, that would not shock me if, if, if Watermont and, pulled up. And put their season Just back because on track. of the desperation that, yeah. it, that is needed. Because they have the talent. Oh. I mean, talent, man for man, Watermont is a more talented team. Than South Lion. And three weeks yeah. ago, if we're if this game is three weeks ago, we're probably all yeah. saying, oh, Corsairs are going right. to take care of business at home. So that shows you uh, how different uh, just But a again, sometimes what the, the stars you have on your recruiting profile yeah, I know. doesn't always translate to what happens on the mm-hmm. football field. South Lion doesn't have any kids with any stars, and they're 6-0. There you go. A TVC East Division matchup is Millington and Frankenmuth. Uh, both teams at 5-1. and one. Again, a rivalry that goes way back. Uh, Millington's only loss beginning of the year. Uh, Frankenmuth, a team that has coming off a 56-18 win. They are a team that has been really, really good over the last several years, and I am staying with Frankenmuth to win this one at home. Bronner's, Zenders, Bavarian, yes. and Frankenmuth all day. Frankenmuth. Chicken for Frankenmuth. everyone. Warren De La Salle and Davison. Number 9 De La Salle, number 20 Davison. Davison 6-0 and at home. They've never met before, which I think is awesome. You'll be able to watch the game on State Champs TV, so make sure you check it out. It's a tough one. It's a toss-up. I'm going to I'm gonna go with uh, the Cannon Hall Express and, and Davison, but I think Davison. it's going to be a close game. I'm going and... the home team as well. Yeah. Yep. I'll take the Pilots. Okay. I got no problem going Pilots it's, on it's, the it's road. The Pilots quarterback uh, you know, was still there, and they weren't uh, relying on the, the backup. I'd, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable, but... Okay, but that's wouldn't be right. surprised. Shootout, yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if Dallas uh, comes back to uh, Metro Detroit with that victory. Again, I where where I think Giannoni's uh, focus will be this week is on the defensive oh, side yeah. of the ball, and he is going to say, "We have score. been challenged. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. We can." Yeah, do Jacob this. Dobbs and Devin Campbell. It's and, like you know, it's your job to contain yeah. Cannon Hall in that offense. Yep. Let's see what you can do. Yep. You so, won a state title last year, and so obviously and that's how they won it. Yeah. All three are taking. Yep. You all yeah. going cards, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. okay. Yep. All right. Marine City and St. Clair, uh, our final game to predict for this week. These are the final games that are on state champs this week. Uh, this will be a great game. I think uh, it is one that uh, uh, in the Max Silver is. Uh, for the Saints, you know, haven't had a playoff berth in a while. This is a huge game. They're only, uh, uh, I think they're one of their only losses was was Madison, uh, and they had, I think they lost, Cross-Lex. yeah, and Crosslex at the beginning of the year. Um, they played well. With all that said, I'm going Marine City, Mariners, Mariners, because they have just they yep. win and they win yep. and they win. 
what a what an unbelievable program they've built in that little sliver of uh, Macomb County. If that's even where they are, if they are, they're just barely uh, Macomb County. Macomb. They're, they're in the right Max over Silver, the, but right over the border. Yeah, yeah, right over the border. It's it's a trek if you're going from Southeast Michigan. So that is the forecast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being patient with us and uh, and uh, humoring us and listening to us. And uh, again, you can comment by just going to our website. Uh, you can just or just directly email us. Uh, contact us at statechampsnetwork.com if you want to talk about players uh, and you or you want to talk about uh, teams and or you want to rag on somebody's prediction. It's great. Uh, we can do all that. Otherwise, we will see you back here on Monday for Extra Point. But until then, enjoy Week 7. Big weekend in high school football. Get out there and enjoy it.